0: We are in Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to finish that up, but I I want to back up, we finished with verse 19 last week, but to get into 20, I I kind of got to jump back a little bit and get a, a running start. So let me jump back to verse 18, and it says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the mighty working of his strength? The one word right there as we jump into verse 20 is the word power. If you actually translate that out of of Greek, it is the word dunamis. And dunamis is where we get our word dynamite. That is the power that he's talking about. The strength that he's talking about is this power. So it takes us into verse 20. It says, he exercised this power, this, this dynamite power in Christ by raising him from the dead. Now, I go back to the word exercise. And again, if you translate that to the Greek, it is energized. He, when he says that he exercised, he's really energizing you. Uh, this morning, Katie came in and said, man, I need to get, you know, energized by Rusty's word this morning. I'm like, well, there's another energy that's greater than me. And that's for sure. And so that's the focus is like the Holy Spirit will exercise through Christ in you and you will be energized. It was this morning, Uh, I get up pretty early on Sunday mornings just to rehash everything that I've I've written down from the week, but my computer was like bogged down. I mean, it needed a Windows update, and guess how long that update took? (laughs) Two hours, two hours, so I didn't have that computer, but I did have my other backup computer. But sometimes you just have to run the update and refresh your computer. You know anytime that somebody has a computer problem, what do you tell them? Turn it off and turn it back on. That's always the thing. There's this refreshing. And and sometimes it's it's the same way here with the Spirit. Sometimes you just need to be refreshed. So how do you get that? Well, I go back to what Luke was saying and what we are talking about, the whole identity thing. The one verse that kicked me into the whole identity issue was Romans eight eleven. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The exact same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in my mortal body. Are you you kidding me? Like I know that I read that as a kid. I read that as a student in seminary. But all of a sudden, at 37 years old, it's like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. If the church doesn't understand that right there, you ain't got nothing. And nobody wants what you got. But if all of a sudden you realize That living God, that breathing God, that active God, that loving God has taken up residence inside of me. It changes everything. It changes the way I see the world. It changes my worldview. It changes my politics. It changes everything that I do. Everything. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. It's, it, it's like God's power enables me with God's strength and his wealth. You realize everything that God has, he's like, it's yours. I'm giving you the ability to live life abundantly, to live it fully, if you just take advantage of it. I mean, I... I honestly grew up thinking that, you know, I live this Christian life. I do these things, Luke, like we were talking about works and everything else. I do these things, I die, I get to heaven, then I get it all. He's like, no, you, you have it right now. You, you've got it. You've got everything that you possibly need. He said back in Ephesians chapter 1, 3, you have every spiritual blessing. You have it. You've got it. You just have to, one, realize that you have it, and two, just walk in it. Amen. You'll never experience the power of His resurrection in daily affairs of life until you really know Him intimately. Like, I can spend my time... You know, you, you know that I go to baseball. You know that uh, I go out to eat. I do different things. But honestly... The intimacy that I have with the Lord, even at a baseball game, even when I'm in conversation with people. I walked in the sunrise of the other day, Mike's, Mike Lawson sitting there. Hey Mike, I knew it was an intimate encounter with the Lord. We're just going to sit down and we're going to have lunch together, me, Michelle, and Mike. Great conversation. And, and that, that's what he's talking about. He's like, I'm going to energize you. But if you don't know who he is, if you're not intimate with him, it, it's hard for that to happen. Right. Authority for living a victorious life comes through Christ energizing you and giving you the ability to do things. And it's amazing when it happens. He says he exercises power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand In the heavens when Jesus was on the cross he says it's finished it's done well some people will translate that as he died (laughs) if that's all you get out of that you totally missed it it's finished he's buried he rose again and he's now sitting at the right hand of the father if you go to the temple mount before jesus and before the cross and when the temple was actually there the priests were always like running around doing sacrifices and pouring blood here and doing this and that and they never ever 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 sat down when jesus sat down he said it's over it's done everything that you've done in the old covenant everything you've done in the old covenant it's over it's finished He's like i completed it i came I fulfilled the law perfectly. I became the sacrifice for you. My blood was poured out. And now, and now, it is over. It is finished. It is done. And he's sitting. Not like the priest in the temple. He's sitting. Chapter 2 gets even better. Hang on. Verse 21. Far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Here's the crazy thing. His power will supersede anything that was ever created. Just think about that for a minute. He is greater than anything that you can imagine. And he's literally sitting saying, it's fucking finished. Like, what are you going to do to help it? There's nothing that you can do because he's already done it. It's finished. So I'm sitting here to you today saying, stop. Just stop. Stop being religious. Stop. Because if you're in Christ... And he's in you. He's saying, let me live your life for you. Just breathe. Lord, I need you to help me breathe. I need you to help me stop. Because everything that I learned growing up, I'm having to relearn. Just chill out. It says, and he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church. Jesus literally supplies the very life of the church. It, it Really, if it's coming down to us and our strength and what we do, oh my goodness. <laughs> I hate to say it, but we're going to build buildings and vote on carpet colors. And... But if he's doing it, He's going to do amazing things through the church, through the people, not through programs, not through facilities, not through anything else, but his body, which is you, which is his body. Verse 23, it says, which is his body. Christ being the head, us being the, as believers, being his body. As the head, he's able to teach us. He's able to direct us. He's able to breathe for us. He's able to do all things. And we just go out and do it, whatever it is. And honestly, I had no idea what this morning looked like. Even as I go through this passage of Scripture, I'm like, uh, okay, Lord, where are you going with this? Yeah, I have my notes. Yeah, i prepared. Yeah, I've studied. But what are you doing, Lord? I don't want it to be, oh, Rusty's up there teaching again. Lord, I pray that you speak through the people, that you speak through your word, that comes alive to each one person in this room. It says, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. The fullness, the fullness of his deity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it resides in us. That's crazy. Like, <clears throat> all the wealth of God is right here. When we learn to walk in the Spirit, we walk in His fullness. That's who we are when we literally, when I see you and I see you walk in, I'm like, yeah, the fullness of God just walked in the door. The Gospels display the power of Jesus Christ, of God working through His Son. That's what the Gospels do, but as we go through Acts right here, it's literally the display of the Father working through the Spirit in the body of believers. The Gospels was one thing, that's Jesus doing his thing because the Father did it through him. But now the Father's doing it through us. Like We go out there in the community, and if you don't know your identity in Christ, you're just doing this. And then we get in chapter 2, it says this, verse 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, when he says you were dead, he's literally talking about being spiritually dead. And you, can't, you can't communicate with God. A spiritually dead person, one who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, can't understand or even appreciate spiritual things. They can't. It doesn't make sense to them. You, you in this room know that we live in a 50-50 world. 50% believe this, 50% believe this. Those that believe in Jesus can understand the word of God as wacky as it can be sometimes. I mean, we, I, I forget who I was sitting with this weekend, but we were just talking, oh, West Kate, we were talking about all the crazy verses in the Bible. We pulled out some really weird ones but if you look at it in light of all 66 books and what god's doing the bigger picture it all makes sense it all makes sense and we can understand it because we have the spirit of god inside of us that enlightens us that reveals things to us so if they're spiritually dead and god is spirit then they have no spiritual life their spirit is dead in relation to god And when he's talking about sin, he's literally talking about the acts of sin. The acts of sin. Verse 2, it says, In which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. So now he's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, You once were in this condition, but now you are no longer in this condition. You once were spiritually dead, but now that you believe in Jesus, he's brought life to you, and everything has changed. When he says In which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. He's talking about the world being the evil age. You walked. You walked in evil. The world's system of values and perspective of things. And Satan was the ruler of that system. Wait a second. It says in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. According to the ruler of the power of the air. Why do we have microphone problems all the time? <laughs> because the ruler of the air is the evil one. The prince, the chief of the atmosphere. We are in a battle and our natural tendency is to protect our child. To protect your child. There's really only one way to protect your child. My child sitting on the front row. is for me to know Jesus. And two, to trust him. That's how I want to protect my kids. That's it. I can provide them with all the things that they need, want, and everything else. But for me, I have to know Jesus and I have to trust him with my kids. Be his, I think, first movie that we went to was The Lion King, where, like, Simba pounces. He learns how to pounce. I always think of that verse, First uh, Peter 5, 8. Uh, is it up there? First Peter 5, 8. It's the next verse up there, isn't it? Nope, it's not in there. But it talks about the evil one comes to pounce on us when we're unaware. When we're unaware, and this is exactly what he does. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, he talks about the evil one being an angel of light. Like he's the great deceiver. He can come in here and it looks good, it looks real. But a Satan is always alive and well. There it is. It says, Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. It's like of learning to pounce. You get the other one? The 2 Corinthians? Yeah, it is. And no wonder for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. That this is the battle. This is the battle that you and I are fighting. It says, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient and when he's talking about spirit, it was the way of thinking. It says, verse 3, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires. Uh, I always, always check right here, depending on what translation you use, because some translations will transfer the fleshly desires to the sinful desires, to the, our sinful nature. One, I want to tell you this, you don't have a sinful nature. I still sin. I still sin. But when I was born, when I was born, I was born sinful because I was born from the seed of Adam. I had a sinful nature. At eight years old, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and make him the savior of my life. It was at that moment that He made me a new creation. That something old in me died. Well, what what part of me died? My my sinful nature died. It wasn't natural for me to sin anymore because he made me a new creation. I still sin. I still sin. And that's because I sometimes walk according to my flesh. My flesh, sometimes I just want to get angry. Sometimes I want to say things that would satisfy my flesh. I still sin, but it's totally outside of my nature because I'm holy, righteous, and redeemed. Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even flow, but yeah, sometimes I still love it. But I no longer have a sinful nature. Something in me died. And he says, You once live, lived according to the old ways. You once lived that way what changed in you something had to die your sinful nature had to die it says it says carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts that would be in our mind An unregenerate man a person who doesn't believe in Jesus their soul and spirit they're not redeemed at this point the soul being the mind, will, and emotions, and it says, and we were by nature, children under wrath, as the others were also. It is our nature that condemns us, not our actions. I, I have to, I have to say this every time uh, because my moms will freak out when you're Elizabeth brought her, her kids in here this morning, when you bring your kids in here. They're born with a sinful nature. They're born with a dead spirit. They, they can't, it, all these things that we just talked about, they're, they're born, in, and then the moms go, well, that's evil. What happens to my kid? Well, i, I, I give you two things, and then we'll move on. Uh, one, I know that Jesus, when he was here on earth, and he had thousands of people around him, and he, he was swamped, he was swamped. And the disciples being young and uh, trying to protect their friend, their savior, tried to keep people back. But the one thing Jesus said is, let the children come unto me. Let the children come unto me. I know Jesus loves the kids. And the other thing, I, I go back to the Old Testament and we know that David, because of his sin, lost his child. Lost his child. And at one point, David says, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. In other words, David understood as a child that his child was with God the Father in heaven. I believe that God loves children. There's this whole, in church world, this age of accountability for or some you know it's a specific age or whatever but to me it's just an understanding of, of who you are and I believe God's going to protect the children I know Chase is with Jesus I know it without a shadow of a doubt We have the opportunity to come to understand Jesus and to know him as our Lord and Savior, the forgiveness of sins. And you get to that point, and all of a sudden, this amazing thing that happens at eight years old that I had no idea happened to me. I had no idea what had happened to me. I couldn't understand it. I'm growing in my faith, and even to this day, I'm still learning and discovering what it means to have a holy, living God inside of me. Every day, I work with the, the the students, the high school kids, and I want them to be where I am in my in their spiritual growth and everything else. And I go, it's a journey, it's a journey. They're going to get there. Hopefully, they'll get there. Just keep them focused. Keep talking about Jesus. Key parents know Jesus intimately. Trust trust the Lord. It's a journey. They'll get there. They'll get there. It may take a longer way to get there, but they'll get there here's what he says, that God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us. that You realize that's God's true nature right there, is love. That's, love is one of the in, intrinsic attributes, but when love is related to sinners, it becomes more grace and mercy. That's how God displays his love. To those who were of the old ways of sinful nature as he gives grace and mercy. It says, he made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace. Us being the church, that's us. We received eternal life. There's no beginning and there's no end for us in this room right here. There's no timeline. There's, There's freedom. The grace, once again, I'll say this, I've said this the last two weeks. There's grace, which is God's unmerited favor, which I received at salvation, but now I also have grace on a daily basis because it's God's ability to do things through me on a daily basis. Grace goes then and now. Verse 6 says, he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. We already said Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. He said it's finished. It's over. Guess what? You're seated there with Him. Amen. It says it. He also raised us, if I'm in Christ, and Christ is in, in me, says He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. God has no timeline. We showed you that a couple weeks ago. We have this linear timeline Phil and I have been talking about it. We go, well, God's timeline looks more like this plane. It's not really this way, but it goes this way and this way. Well, what about this way and this way? I have no idea what God's timeline is. But somehow I'm sitting right here talking to you, but at the same time I'm seated in the heavens with him. Like I'm already there. I'm hanging out with my mom already. Don't ask me. I'm more a spiritual being than I am a physical being. I'm more When you see me, I pray you see the spiritual me. I'm physical. Although, you know. (laughs) Seriously, if you see yourself in the flesh here on the earth rather than the spirit hanging out with the Father... You you never win the battle. You never win the battle. The flesh is not going to win the battle. I don't care how good you are, how bad you are. You're never going to win the battle in the flesh. You are a spiritual being. And you you currently have access that is everything of God's. Verse 7 says this so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. <laughs> what are his immeasurable riches? I have no idea. I'm not even going to begin to think about what that might be. It says, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not for yourselves. <laughs> you didn't do. It's God's gift. Amen. Salvation comes through faith alone. Sometimes we get into theological discussions about that word this, and what's it in reference to? Salvation or faith? Like, does he give us salvation and he gives us faith? I'll tell you this again. Initially, the faith came from me. When I said at eight years old, God, I need a Savior. And after that, it's all him. It's all him. I made a choice. I have free will to make a choice to follow Jesus. And after that, salvation, faith, everything comes from him. He says, not from works. This is just what Luke was talking about when he was up here. Not from works so that no one can boast. It's not a result of (laughs) man's efforts the law confirmed this i mean even think about who who has to perform at christmas to get christmas cakes We just give it now, i know santa he has his list of naughty or nice and it's a little based on behavior but this is jesus he says it's a gift i i, I give this to you freely and then here's the beauty of it this last verse says, for we are his workmanship. Yeah. You're God's creation. He created me. ah. I don't care what they say about Big Bang Theory or anything else. They're like, come on, man. Really? Look at the... Really? You are God's creation masterpiece. It's God's work that saved us through the cross. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Oh, here we go. Let's get bogged down in, okay, we're supposed to do good works. No, 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 no. I'm not supposed to do good works. I have the ability to do good works but I let Jesus work through me because that's what he is. He's goodness. He's going to do good works. This is Christ working through us, and the good works are a byproduct of me being a holy, righteous, redeemed person. It's natural for me to do good works. I don't have to go do good works. Amen. Man, get off the hamster wheel. Just be just be. And he will do amazing things through you. Paul really viewed this as his life in Christ. I'll take you back. I'm going to go back to verse 7. He says, So that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. In the midst of of the traffic chaos yesterday in our city and the grief for Officer Noah Shannon I sat there and listened to his mom and his grandma and his sister talk about how he loved Jesus and he wasn't Serving the city of Elwood. But he was serving the Lord who was serving the city of Elwood. Like this, this man who lost his life. And it doesn't even make sense. The Lord was working through Noah. It was the Lord saying to Noah and even to some of you in this room right here, you're so good. I made you good. I love you, Noah. I love you in this room. I know you're restricted in your flesh. I once was there. I get it. I was restricted in my flesh going to be okay. This is not what I intended for you. It's not what I intended. I made everything perfect, but free will kind of messed that up back in Genesis. You're already in heaven with me. Look. Look. He says stay focused on me. I love you dearly. Amen. Father, I know that you truly love us. I know that you do. I trust your word. And I thank you for making your word come alive. And I don't know what ways this morning. I have no idea what ways. But I trust that you did that. You do it for me, so I'm assuming that you're doing it for others. And we can just trust who we are, and we can literally let you breathe for us today. I pray for Noah's family. I pray for the grief that they continue to have, but I'm also thankful for the hope that they have in you, that they know you, they love you, and they trust you in the midst of this chaotic world. So today, uh, we give you thanks for loving us, teaching us, we trust you in Jesus' name.